many of you know that sometimes God makes you wait? You ask for something, and he doesn't give it to you right away. Some of you maybe have been praying for things for 30 years, 40 years. You've been praying for a physical situation, a financial situation, a relational situation. Some of you young people in here are maybe waiting for God to bring you the right, the right spouse. Uh, some of you old people in here are waiting for God to change your spouse. It's not happening. Sometimes that can be really confusing. God doesn't always make sense because a lot of us, as we pray for things, then we're saying, well, if I were God, I would answer this prayer. But for today, I just want you to, I want you to ask this question of yourself. What are you waiting for right now? Because I think if you can get this thing in your mind, then the things that I share with you, some of the insights from the Bible that I share with you this morning are going to make more sense and have more of an impact on your life. And I'm going to share with you four scenarios. And I think one or two of these scenarios apply right to your situation. Number one, here's the first statement. Sometimes God does for strangers what he hasn't yet done for you. And I think this, for some of us, is what makes it so emotionally difficult, and that's exactly what happened in John chapter 11. So there's this family, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and they were great friends of Jesus. In John chapter 11, it says that Lazarus was sick, and they, you know, apparently it was a big enough deal that, that Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus and said, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. And Mary and Martha knew what was going on and what Jesus had been doing. And if, you can even just see it in John. And Jesus heals an official son. It was this guy that came up to Jesus and he said, hey, my, my little boy is going to die. And Jesus says, this is in chapter 4, Jesus says, go back home, your son will live. And so Mary and Martha know this story and they know Jesus and they know how generous he is and they know how he answers these, these requests. And they say, Lord, your friend is very sick. And then it says in verse 5, back in chapter 11, So although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And that right there, some of you are like, okay, I feel that. And you're like, he hasn't stayed where he was for two days. He stayed where he was for two years. He hasn't done anything for two decades. I've been praying for this thing for two decades. And God still hasn't answered my prayer. And again, the truth is sometimes God does for strangers what he hasn't yet done for you. And that is so frustrating. We read on in the story, and in this particular story, here's the next point, is that sometimes God waits just to show everyone how powerful he is. In some situations, not in every situation, but in some situations, the reason God, God waits, especially for those that he loves, is because he's going to display his power. And that's what happened in John 11. Back to this story. So it says, finally, Two days later, verse 7, finally Jesus said to his disciples, hey, let's go back to Judea. He says, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So if you don't know the story, Jesus goes back. This quote many of you have heard before, it's from this story in verse 25. It says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, though he is dead, will live. And he wasn't just talking about Lazarus, what he was about to do, which was really cool. He was talking about the ultimate resurrection. And then Jesus said, Lazarus come out, and Lazarus came out. And sometimes God waits to show up so that he could show everyone in your world just how powerful he is. 
And maybe God is going to use whatever the thing is that you're waiting for right now. Maybe God is still going to use that for his own glory, for his own purposes, so that when he does show up, people are like, who is this God that you waited for? And here's the third thing. Sometimes God wants to do something in you more than he wants to do something for you. Sometimes the reason he's having you wait is because he's developing character in you. He's developing patience in you. He's, he's more interested in developing the fruit of the Spirit in you than he is in giving you the answer to your simple request. The last point is just this. Sometimes God doesn't want to do what you want. Sometimes we pray and we ask and we wait and we storm the throne room of God, and maybe even sometimes it's a good thing in our own pea brains. We think, this seems like a good thing. This seems like something you would want to give me, God. And sometimes, God just doesn't want to do what you want. Sometimes we pray, and we're waiting for something that's not in the will of God. And these are times where you just have to say, you're God, I'm not. You're in control, I'm not. And that's why it was so hard for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Because we can get fooled by the illusion of riches and the illusion of success. We can begin to get the wrong message that, hey, I'm in control. <laughs> but I think for all of us in the waiting season, God is always trying to teach that, that he's God and that we're not. I want to bring you the example from the most godly person in all of Scripture, Jesus himself, at the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed this before he went to the cross. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. And so he prayed the prayer, and this is legitimately the prayer that Jesus prayed, but I love the second part of the prayer. And this, is, this speaks to the attitude that we should have, even when we pray. The message today isn't to stop praying for what, what you want. That's not the message. The message is to pray like Jesus. He said, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And if Jesus can pray a prayer like that, and Jesus is God himself, how much more should we who are not God, nor will we ever be God, how much more should we pray with that attitude? God, you're God and I'm not. I don't know what you're teaching me in this waiting time, but God, I want to learn it, and I want to sit at your feet, your will, not mine.